to do a short episode here in light of everything that's going on in our culture right now and say a few words about George Floyd, the protests that are going on around the country. The reason we're not doing a longer episode is not because this topic is not worth more of our time, but rather because we've spent um, a lot of time in an episode a couple episodes ago, and it's been connected in with other episodes as well, about systemic racism and about Ahmaud Arbery in particular, but also other situations across our country. But we do feel like there's enough going on now that it's worth having kind of a rejoinder to that conversation. Before we jump into this all together, uh, for those who maybe are listening to this podcast a while from now, maybe somebody's tuning into this a year from now and they're like, wait, remind me what happened. Or for the people who are living in a cave somewhere in the middle of nowhere who have not heard anything, uh, Elizabeth, can you give us a quick summary? Who is George Floyd and what happened to him? George Floyd um, is African-American man um, and he was... uh, I would say arrested by the police um, for an altercation at a corner store. Um, I don't know the specifics on that, um, but the police were called um, because of a situation of a possible fraudulent $20 bill. Um, And so the situation escalated to him being handcuffed, face down the ground, um, with four police officers on his person, one in particular on having his knee on his neck. Um, George was unable to breathe, asked for the officer to remove his knee, and the officer didn't, and George Floyd ends up dying. Um, and the coroner report that has come back says that he died of asphyxiation. Um, so basically, he suffocated um, while being handcuffed on the ground because of a possible fraudulent $20 bill. Yeah, so for eight minutes and 46 seconds, this police officer sat on his back, pushed on his neck, and was the cause of this man's death. And at the same time, there there's bystanders there who are begging the police officers to get off the man there are uh, George Floyd pleaded for mercy until eventually his body is completely limp and so part of the outrage is why are why are you feeling like you have to restrain a man who's literally no longer conscious and you've deprived him of air even after he's begging for mercy and so in response to that Adam what has been some of the response that we've seen publicly going on in the last couple of weeks since that incident yeah I mean I would just I would call it outrage, both moral and otherwise, probably. Um, but, you know, initially the response was, um, I think on a large scale, the people who saw that video were just undone. You know, it was so difficult to see. And almost from every corner, that's that's what I've heard. And what happened after that were, protests. Um, and so protests started to happen and they've continued to happen. Uh, and then there was as, as part of that protest, there's been many people, 
peaceful protests, but there's also been some rioting and looting that's that's gone on as well. Um, and then you've seen a government response that um, has now seen uh, in many states National Guard has come in and they've imposed curfews in some major cities around the country. Um, and and so yeah, that's 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 pretty much brings us up to date to where we are now. Uh, it seems that some of the more violent protests are dying down in most places across the country, um, or the the rioting uh, especially. But yeah, that's where we are now. Yeah, and it's it's been every night, and um, mostly in major cities, but certainly not exclusively in major cities. Even we talked about uh, before this that there's been suburban protests. There's been uh, examples of people all across the country uh, feeling the opportunity has come right now, and you know we don't we, we probably don't have time to talk about this tonight. But I am a little bit fascinated by the connection between what has happened the last couple of months in quarantine, where everybody is alone, and then so many people have lost their jobs. There's a there's a sense of desperation, and how that maybe has uh, you could say exasperated or made things worse, or you could also say provided an opportunity for something to become a, a broadly uh, a broadly acknowledged situation with an already simmering society to be able to respond in a way that is um, has a propensity maybe to uh, not at all over-exaggerate, but certainly get fired up about this. Now, Elizabeth, some people will say right now that, um, and I believe wrongly, like, why are we so... Um, Fancy about this one circumstance. Why is George Floyd causing, uh, why is the situation here causing such upheaval? And uh, can you talk about for a minute how maybe what's going on right now and what happened with George Floyd is just another example of actually a larger and deeper issue? I think what we see with George Floyd is something that happens frequently. Um, you have Ahmaud Arbery, you have even the situation with Christian Cooper. And so it didn't escalate Christian Cooper, thank God is still alive, but you see this situation in which African-American men um, and African-American women, and I even want to extend it to um, men and women of all um, black and brown men and women, our Asian and Latino brothers and sisters in different varying degrees. What we see now is a focus on our black brothers and sisters, but it just is police brutality. It is something that has happened again and again and again. For those of you around 2014, it was Ferguson um, because of Mike Brown. And so you see an uprising because the community wants to have a voice for what's happening. So George Floyd is just one of thousands of people who have experienced violence against their person that was racially motivated. Yeah, and it's a it's not a isolated incident, exactly to your point. This is not... Uh, the only time something like this has happened, as somebody said this week, um, you know, it's not that racism has increased. It's that, uh, exposure via social media and being able to record it has changed over the last few years. But in some ways, what we are experiencing is, is an, uh, access to a violence that has been around since the inception of our country. And it, it manifests both systemically. So systemically, you're talking about, in the involvement of representatives of the government, be it a police officer or a politician, uh, whether it's a legislative agenda or whether it's the way somebody is treated on the street. And then as well as it, it just manifests in the implicit biases in systems uh, when it comes to your neighborhood, your school, your church, or, or even just your next door neighbor. We're seeing um, the, like, like I've heard some people say, man, when the riots are over, I'm just looking forward to getting 
back to normal and uh, normal for those people of color in America has been a feeling like the police are not necessarily my advocate and the calling the police does not lead to safety or rescue for me. And that has, that is the normal that we're talking about. That There is a great desire to see change. And that's why it's led to a movement calling itself black lives matter. That's why it's been one of the rallying cries of the, of the protests that are going on is that Black Lives Matter is not insulting all, the, all other lives. It's saying that for for the entire history of this country, we have operated out of a, a system uh, that has treated Black lives like they do not matter. And instead of even acknowledging that now, there's people that want to say, "Well, to say that is to say that maybe you're saying something about me. Like my life doesn't matter because I'm not black." But really, that's not. It's not an insult to other cultures. It's a demand for justice, and it's a. It's a desire to see things changed. So why is it so important? Uh, Adam, why don't we ask you this? Why, why do you think it's so important to acknowledge the pain? Why do you think it's important to say loudly and clearly that black lives do matter? Why is that something that maybe even churches should be talking about as they express not an exclusivity of, of black value, but in your t- if you're going to talk about human dignity, that we do need to talk about Black Lives Mattering. Yeah, I mean, so one way that this became just super clear to me was the rallying cry. Um, and so what happened in sort of response, and I think to your point, Adam, people feeling like, wait, are they saying that only Black Lives Matter? What started to happen was people were saying all lives matter. That was like a response, basically, to Black Lives Matter. And what protesters and others have said is to people saying all lives matter the response is typically um all lives won't matter until black lives matter meaning and so that just makes it so clear what they're saying is they're 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 reframing that um the statement to basically say um until we acknowledge that black lives matter we won't have we won't we can't we can't with with a straight face say that all lives matter. Here's my point in that. My point in that is to say um, it's important to acknowledge the pain because the pain is real, right? And so um, when, when you're talking about, um, you know, why is it important for us to, to look across at somebody who's weeping and weep with them as the Bible would tell us to do? Um, um, because if you don't, what you do is you dismiss and, and almost dehumanize uh, somebody who's looking at you with tired eyes who are and they're hurting and they're um, and they're experiencing a deep anguish. Um, the reason we should acknowledge their pain is because one, the Bible tells us to. Uh, so that that's an easy answer. But two, because it's the human thing to do. It's the human thing to do, and it's the right thing to do. No, no, we can't change the world in just one podcast. And I don't want this to go super long. So I really want to wrap with some thoughts from you, Elizabeth, about this. I know you've put some thought into this already, but what are some actions that Christians individually or churches institutionally, what can they do? What can they, what actions can they take right now? And how can they use their time, energy, and money to try to affect racial justice? The first thing people can do is that they can pray and lament, like Adam was talking about, Adam Hawkins, like it's pain. And we need to recognize that pain. It needs to kind of grip in us um, so that when these protests die down, that our passion for this doesn't die down. 
Um, because if this is not a part of your everyday reality, you have to fight to keep it in front of you. So pray and lament. The next is to listen to voices of people of color. A lot of times racial isolation makes us ignorant to things that are happening. And we need to be able to hear the stories of people who are experiencing these things and to know what it is to live in America on the other side of the track, so to speak. Um, the next thing you can do is educate yourself. Our God has a big heart for biblical, for biblical justice. And so see what your Bible has to say about justice, but also read about the history of racism in America. Um, the problems that, like we talked about, are systematic, which means that they've been around for a really long time and are in all the different crevices of the things that come together to make America work. And, and so you need to know how things got the way they are. Um, and so that also helps you to believe that things are true because you see how long they've been here. Um, the next one is that we can financially support people of color, businesses, organizations, churches. It allows us to uplift and support communities that have not had the resources that predominantly white communities have had because of systematic racism. Um, and that's just a really huge way for you to donate to people who are already doing the work who are already in the trenches, who are already involved with the necessary people, um, elected officials, and they're already using their voice, put your money behind them to help further those causes. And the last one is our civic responsibility. Um, we have a need to be involved in the government of our cities and nation. And so that you understand what's happening, that there are certain policies that we can pass to reduce police brutality. Um, what is de-escalation? Some of you might have heard of body cams. There are things that our officials can do and that you can call, you can write, you can email your elected officials and tell them how you feel to advocate on behalf of the marginalized and the oppressed. Thank you, Elizabeth. Your voice on so many of our topics is so good, but particularly on this, you can tell that you have thought about how to Christianly respond in the midst of something that is so difficult. And I do want to be a, a podcast that is not I don't want to come on here and tell people, hey, this is how you should think. I want to send people to the word of God and then give them the practical next steps. And I think you've just done that for us. And I want us to think Christianly about uh, protests and responses. And I want us to think Christianly about when we see on the news oppression or when we experience it. Or uh, I, I want to see us think Christianly about tearing down the, the sense of us and them, villain and hero, and see us believe that uh, God's hand is not too short to save anyone. And be a part of the positive change for this nation. And that's what, a, that's what a, we all hope is coming. Uh, I hope that's where we're at. I don't, I don't want to see things get worse and I don't want to see things stay the same. I, I want to see the Lord do good work. Well, thank you for listening to Culture Matters. Today's episode is recorded and mixed by Chris Starrett and produced by David Roark. If you like what you heard, please give us a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and support our patron page at patron.podbean.com slash culture matters. Thank you and God bless.